Hi, welcome to um, Create Beauty Every Day, a podcast with Deanne Fitzpatrick from Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio. And today I'm um, going to interview one of my best friends, Lily DeYoung. And uh, I think what I'm going to talk about today is just the whole idea of lovely questions. And I've come, Lily and I together have come up with some lovely questions, and we're just going to talk to, uh, talk together about um, you know how fun it is to have great conversations and 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 again always the whole idea of this podcast will be create beauty every day. Uh Lily, what do you think of the idea of create beauty every day? I think it's a beautiful idea, Dean. I just wish I did it more though because <laughs> I tend to get caught up in the, I tend to get caught up in dusting and cleaning, but I think that's creating beauty too because I'm making my environment fresh and clean and and uh, the way I like to live. Well, you love your home. Yeah, I do, and I like yeah. it to be a certain way. But but I'm not. Um, I'm certainly not as artistic as you and some of your counterparts. But well, I have tried my hand at a few things. Tell me about your recent work in Belize, and, and oh, how that might be about create beauty every day. You know. Yeah, that is a little bit about creating beauty every day because. I guess the people there are so beautiful spiritually that they inspired me to be better and to take uh, some of the things that I have um, and regard them with more of a special um, lens. Um, I I was there working with educators in in schools, 20 schools all over the the country, and I just met some people who, who, despite the fact that they have very limited resources and funds, they um, put children at the forefront of everything they do, and family and children are so important to them. So I just I just learned some things about myself by being there that uh, you forget sometimes when you're in a world where things are easy to access, and there they're not. So I just had a had a very positive experience and felt like I did make a difference helping them help children. Yeah, um, Lily, are are you are you going to go back to Belize? Do you think? Well, every time I go, I when I first get there, I think, oh my gosh, this is so much work, and I can't, you know, can I even make a dance here? Because their their obstacles are are quite huge in some situations, and and they're in. I feel like I'm back in 1960 in my own classroom as a child, and that's where they are. You know, yeah. they're still doing activities that to me are are far removed from this 21st century. So when I go, I get a little bit discouraged. And then I start working with them, and I see how bright they are and how capable and positive and forward-thinking they want to be. So it motivates me to keep trying to to help them. And they're receptive to every little suggestion, and they attempt everything you, you advise or suggest. So that is one of the reasons why when I'm there... Halfway through, I think, oh, I want to just stay here or I want to yeah. come back. But but this project is with Mount St. Vincent University, yeah. and I don't know how much longer it will go on because it's a contract between the university and the Ministry of uh, Education in Belize. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, we're trying to really make them self-sufficient. We don't want them to rely on our support. We want them to be able to sustain themselves, and hopefully yeah. that's where they'll be eventually. Yeah. So when you come back to your daily life after, you know, being there, what does it feel like? What does it feel like to come back to your own daily life? 
Well, actually, it feels really good because we're on the road so much and you have no real routine. You're you're going from hotel to hotel and you're going from school to school. So you have to get to know a lot of people very quickly with with names that you have difficulty pronouncing. And everything, and you're the minority. I mean, you're usually the only white person in in the school and the only yeah. white person in the classroom. So yeah. it's a different feeling, but they they just are so warm and inviting. So when I come home, I have to realize, you know, that now I'm part of the <laughs> the majority again. Yeah. But I have a routine, and I like my routines, and I find them comforting, and uh, I get back into, a, you know, a system that I do miss when I'm away. I miss my daily things like yoga and making my coffee. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you're there, you never cook a meal. So I like cooking, mm-hmm. so I miss that piece a lot. Well, that brings me to another question, Lily. I was just thinking about the whole notion of creating beauty every day and how for you, really, it's homemaking. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like cooking and, and I like cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. So what? why... Why do you think homemaking has, like, do you think it's, do you, how do you feel about homemaking? I guess I should ask you, do you think it's been devalued or has it, is it becoming more valued? How do you feel about it now, homemaking? Well, I guess, I guess like, like maybe a lot of women, I have a love-hate relationship with homemaking. <laughs> but, but as I've grown older, um, and now that I'm not in a busy career, that I'm up at, you know, seven and home maybe at seven, um, I find great comfort in homemaking. And I like that I can do it at a pace that's not harried and that it, that allows me to enjoy the process. And I guess I do like cooking and I like slow cooking. I like to, you know, get my ingredients, know what's in things. Um, I, I've never been one to like fast food so yeah i do find homemaking is if we were if we embrace it it's it's a wonderful thing and i i am embracing it more and and enjoying it more than i ever have what do you think of the influences like of people like martha stewart or the home and garden network or um uh cooking channels and stuff what do you think those influences have had on homemaking for you Oh yeah. Well, I never thought of that before, but you're right. I I think just, you know, now when I'm in the grocery store, I see a magazine on new recipes or decorating, I want to pick them up. I have the luxury now and the time to putter with that sort of thing and I yeah, I think it's everywhere now. Yeah, you, you, you turn on your TV and they're transforming houses and they're cooking up uh Sobeys has got, you know, their CTV segment where they're making a recipe. So every night I watch that and, and I Google it and look it up because they're all mm-hmm. easy and the ingredients are right next door to me. So why you wouldn't you it, embrace it? Do you think it's given it, like all that attention is giving it the kind of respect it deserves? Yeah, you're right. I think that's a good, another good point, Dan. I yeah. think it is giving it. I think it is too a bit, and I because yeah. I feel like you know, thirty years ago we weren't really feeling homemaking as as an important thing. In no, our, in like our when I think too. about my mother, although she took great pride in her her mm. cooking and and her cleaning, but it wasn't valued. And in fact, you know, she's she's someone I think about all the time because she liked yeah. to cook and she knew she could cook well, and she yeah. did take pride in it. it. Was one of the few things that she 
you know, she'd eat something somewhere and she'd always say, well, hers was better. <laughs> she didn't have a lot of confidence, but she did in that area. So yeah, she was I, I admire there. that about her. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you some of our lovely questions. That's what oh, I like to good. do. All right. So what's your favorite childhood memory? My favorite childhood memory would be driving to Pugwash on a regular basis. I guess it kind of was a a recurring memory because when we would go up to Pugwash with my mom and dad to visit my grandmother, it was always special because I knew we were going to have a peaceful and fun time and my sister and I would be the focus of everything that happened at the house. So it was always, and especially in the summers because there's beautiful beaches up there and we just got to spend our time there at the beach not thinking about anything but the water and the sand. That's in Pugwash, Nova Scotia, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, who's someone that you really admire, Lily? <sighs> well, you want me to say you because I've already told you that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I I admire I admire people who I don't like. I admire people who do what they believe is right yeah. and don't follow the crowd and speak up for things that aren't fair. And so there are lots of people in that category. Yeah. Um, so who's a public know, figure that you feel fits in that category now? Um, well, I'm just reading a book by Robert Clark. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him. It's called, no, I haven't. Yeah, he's Canadian, and uh, it's a little bit disturbing, the book, and sometimes I don't know, sometimes I'm not sure if I can continue reading it, but it's called Down Inside. It's about the Canadian prison system. Okay, and I, yeah. And I and I just, I had read, a, or I heard him on CBC, so I I've got, just got the book from the library, and it's... Um, yeah, it's it's about 30, 30 years in Canada's prison service. He was a warden and had some really high-profile oh, okay. roles there. So, uh, I mean, I guess the fact that he's written this book and has taken a stance on um, how we treat people in prison, yeah. I, I am I'm quite impressed with his writing and with his yeah. stand and that he's willing to do that given, you know, that he served in that community for 30 years. So that's Robert who? Robert Clark. 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 And what's the name of the book? Down Inside. Yeah. So you admire people who are trying to make changes in systems, really? Yeah. Yeah. Working hard at it. Because that's what you've done all your life, really, too. Well, I try, but sometimes it's frustrating. And then I I recently read a book, too, by uh, Graeme Steele called How to Be an Effective Citizen, which is about, um, well, he was in government a long time. Yes, he was. yeah. And so it's about how, you know, how a lot of things we do don't really make a difference. Like, you know, petitions and things. We yeah. sign petitions, but they're not really that effective in mm-hmm. impacting change. So he Grand had a lot Steel of... Was an, as an NDP member of the Nova Scotia government for years, right? Is exactly. that Grand Steel? Yeah. yeah. And okay. then he was on CBC. He's a commentator now. He talks about political matters from CBC. Right. But and essentially... So yeah, I want to know the essential thing that he says in that book about being an effective citizen. Well, he just he talks a lot about politics and 
the right and the wrong things to do. And, you know, politics are politics. Most times, no matter what party you're, you're associated with, when you get into politics, you end up becoming a politician. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the divides are not as great as we think. But he talks about how to write letters that are effective and how to, you know, really reach your MLAs. And it's not through sometimes the ways that we tend to follow. So yeah. he just has a whole lot of suggestions, which, you know, I I wouldn't want to emphasize one over another, but they're just down to earth and they're straightforward mm-hmm. and they make sense. They're, you know, you have to articulate really clearly with evidence why, you know, why you're approaching your MLA and, and ensure that the communication is there and you're persistent too. You have to yeah. be persistent. Be, be persistent, yeah. Um, Lily, I'm going to ask you a final question before we wrap it up. And it is, if you could change one thing in your community, whatever community you define is fine, what would you change? What would it be? In this community of Pictou County, and my town is New Glasgow, the one that's closest by, I would want to see a real revival of the downtown area. So that it was, yeah, yeah, the way it was when I was, you know, a teenager, where it was bustling and busy, and there was people on the street all the time. And um, yeah, you just wanted to be there because there was action there. Now Mm -hmm. uh, we're in a community now that's you know, dominated by seniors, even older than myself. And we need more young people and we need more um, businesses in our mm. little I think town. that's the same thing I'd like for my community. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for talking to me today. Um, you're on the Create Beauty Every Day podcast with Deanne Fitzpatrick. And we're just starting and I'm just learning how to do this. So I just really wanted to talk to someone who I knew and who I was comfortable with. And you made me, made me feel really safe and easy and um it's been brought to you by hookingrugs.com so go see the website